Attention audience, if I can have your attention, this is Eric and Jordan, and we are back with another Friday Films. It's Friday, Friday, mm-hmm. Friday Films, dig it in. Every time. Every time. I, I'm not even going to stop you from now on. I, I'm just going to look over at you and just say, Eric, go. Here's your cue. Just take it away. You can't, you cannot, you cannot take my jingles from me, Jordan. No, no I can't. No matter how hard you try. The no, jingles, and I, I'm not going to. I'm not going they're, to. They're deep in my soul. They are. And people will be humming them from now on. <laughs> <clears throat> so that's right. We're back. And again, this is Jordan. And I got Eric over here. Yep, yep. And I know you're excited about this one. Because this is next one in, in rotation is Thunderball. Thunderball indeed, good sir. I am I am very excited for this one. I will say this is one that I, as I was watching it, I re- started remembering more and more of it from when I saw it as a kid. Mm-hmm. But there were even st- parts like like a lot of this movie was like watching for the first time because um, yes. I, I I just forgot about it or I was looking at it in a different light. Um, but I, this one was a good one, man. I really enjoyed Thunderball. They're they're was- getting better. They they are definitely getting better, and um, the the funny thing is, I, I might have remembered like a few scenes of this one, but this is another one of those movies that I haven't seen. I'm starting to believe that most of the Bond movies I've seen are just bits and pieces of the later movies. Yeah, and just didn't realize they were all in the same movie because a, a lot of these old Sean Connery movies I don't remember that much of. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, it was like watching it for the first time, but it, it was enjoyable, and they are getting a lot better. It's almost like one of those TV series. When you first watch a series, you have the pilot episode, and it's like, eh, it's okay. And then, like, as you start getting into, like, halfway through the season, it starts getting good, because they're like, oh, hey, we've got enough people's attention, we can put more money out towards effects, and this and that, mm-hmm. and uh, we can spice it up a notch. So, yeah, they've, they've fleshed out the character, they know exactly who Bond is, they know exactly the yes. gimmicks that they're going to go for, you know. The, mm-hmm. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's done really well. Um, so... I guess as 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 said, Thunderball was the movie this week. Yet another Sean Connery Bond especial. Um, I say this, he's go still ahead. in a few more, isn't he? I'm gonna say there's a few uh, with him in it before. It yeah, comes. yeah, he's got. I think we've got two more Bond, two two more two more, two okay. more with um with him. Um, there is a gap though. Like we've got the George Lazenby one that was done. I think George Lazenby's next. Um, but anyway, this is back. This one's back to being directed by Terrence Young as well, who also did Doctor No and From Russia with Love. So That's this right. is the this is the last one he did, but he he came back to do this one, um, which I, I think is kind of noticeable in the movie because it's got a little bit more of that From Russia with Love feel. In it my does. opinion, yeah, it does have a little the, bit more From Russia with Love style. Did. Goldfinger seemed to be while it was still. Very Bondy. It was the first time we saw a very Bondy Bond. Mm-hmm. Um, Bondy Bond. <laughs> it felt very different to Thunderball. Thunderball. Thunderball does feel a lot closer to From Russia with Love than it does to Goldfinger. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. So I think you're. I think you're onto something with that. Um, released in you. you released in the U.S. December twenty second, nineteen sixty five. Um, which, funny enough. This would be the second Bond movie that was released that year because if you remember from the last episode, um, Goldfinger was released in April, I believe. Um, huh. Oh no, January, January nineteen sixty-five in the U.S. So That's there right, were it was two released in sixty-four in the out. U.K. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so there were two Bond movies released in nineteen sixty-five. This is the first 
time a Bond movie was released in the U.S. before it was released in the U.K. So Ooh. Thunderball came out in the United States before it came out in the uh, United Kingdom. Um, so this seems to be the uh, the transition movie where Bond goes from being specifically the you know the UK's biggest a- export to a a worldwide phenomenon, mm-hmm. and and with the US the being a larger yeah when the, with the US being a larger larger market, you know you would naturally release there first. Um, budget of nine million dollars, which is like three times the combined budget of the last three movies which is funny because looking at today i mean that's pretty much what like one actor gets paid nowadays in oh some absolutely of these movies. yeah that doesn't even cover half of robert a quarter of robert downey jr's salary for any of the iron man or avengers movies oh, that's <laughs> um but nine million dollars and man dude you can you can absolutely tell there were so many um incredibly well choreographed fight scenes in this movie there was a lot yes. more action it was significantly faster paced mm-hmm. um the, you, the 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 set things there were a lot of like you could tell they are on location they're filming with the actual things there's a freaking jetpack in the first five minutes of this movie yeah, that we'll, was we'll get to it which is a real piece of equipment that they basically borrowed from the u.s air force mm-hmm. you know for the movie um so you can definitely see where where the money where the money went in this film and it's and it's it's awesome it's it's just a, flat out awesome there's a lot more attention grabbers so to speak in this mm-hmm. movie like it just it grabs you in not just with the special effects and the toys but with the um <clears throat> excuse me the the story too like everything just seems to kind of pull you in in every direction and keep you kind of glued throughout the whole movie mm-hmm. it, which i found um very enjoyable in this movie compared to like doctor no and even some of Goldfinger. There was parts of Goldfinger where I was like, I was kind of glued to the movie because it was a good story and stuff. But it just there was times where I kind of like, eh, I could be without this part of the movie. This yeah. Thunderball kind of kept me going the whole time. Yeah, it does a good job of bouncing back and forth between you know what's happening with Bond in the Bahamas and what's happening back at the headquarters. Um, you know, with M and Money Penny and all them, and even what's happening back with with old Felix is back. Agent Girly Glasses himself. Girly Glasses, yep. Um, different actor in every single movie, but... <laughs> yes. Yeah. But you know what? I was happy with this, this Felix. I mean, it was, he was kind of... You know, he was a good Felix. And, like I think he fit this movie pretty good, but I'm not sure... And I, granted, I know we don't need another rating, but I'm not sure if he's my favorite Felix yet. This Felix I liked. He, he, he feels more like the Felix that you get in some later movies. Okay, yeah, I guess I can see that. Yeah, he's a little bit gruffer, which I lo- which which I kind of enjoyed. He had more of a friend type relationship with Bond, which I I, mm-hmm. I I liked more. You know, you can tell these two guys go back, go back yeah. a ways. Yeah. Um, so I, I I enjoyed that relationship a bit better. Um, but run hour of two hours and ten minutes. So we're currently this is currently the longest running Bond film, I do believe. Um, but it doesn't feel like it. This thing moved at a quick pace. It does, yes. I mean, this yeah, I, I this will one. Say it definitely went a lot quicker. Than yeah, Hollywood, so. it it felt faster than Goldfinger. I mean, it felt faster. I would honestly say it felt faster than any of the previous Bonds. You know, they yeah, they moved yeah. at a little bit a little bit of a slower pace, despite it being the longest one. Um, but yeah, it's it's killer. So Jordan, are we ready to uh, roll we on into, into it? this? Jumping Let's into it. Into the the synopses, if you will. I mean, we we literally just start with a funeral. You know, good old JB's funeral. Well, no, we start with 
the gun barrel sequence. Well, okay, I'm sorry. Do the intro. That's credit. very well, that's important for good. It's not, but it's the gunpowder gun barrel sequence is very important. This it is the is. first time it's Sean Connery. Remember oh, in the last movies, right. it was his. He was his stuntman. Right. You said there was a stunt double in the first two or three movies. Yeah. Okay. So now from, we've got Connery. From this movie on, every gun on gun barrel se- sequence has the actor who's portraying Bond doing it. So um, that's kind of a which I think is crucial step in the right direction. Yeah, it's a thing that became known in every Bond movie mm-hmm. that Bond was going to do the gun barrel thing. Boom. So I mean, it's it's good to see that Connery's now doing it, and then the others will follow as mm-hmm. soon as time goes on in the other movies. Absolutely, absolutely. But after the gun barrel sequence, you are correct. We open to the church, to a Catholic church. We've got a grand funeral procession occurring. We've got Mr. Bond talking to some French liaison, um, which I don't know about you, but I had to like hard up my volume during this scene. Something about the audio track, at least on the, the versions that we're watching, it was like really, really low for me. In the yeah, there was a couple of times where it kind of jumped a little bit. Yeah, so it must um, have been some sort of mixing issue because I could not hear shit when this movie first started. And I just had to up everything up a little bit. Yeah, well, because when it first starts off, they kind of they put you on the casket, which just says JB. So it kind of makes it look like it's, um, you know, James Bond, which is what I thought was kind of clever. Mm-hmm. But uh, through the conversation he has with the woman, if I remember correctly, because I don't remember the word for word, and it was kind of hard to hear, but essentially, I mean, you find out that it's kind of like he Bond was kind of going to the funeral because something happened with this guy in the casket. Yeah. Bond was either going after him or something, and the woman was trying to talk to him about, like, is this you know who you were looking for, or did you find what you needed with this guy, or... Uh, I think she even said something about like how he died, or I, I forget exactly what it was. But yeah, it it was really hard to hear during that that scene, unfortunately. Yeah, it just seems to be the 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 last tie ups of his last mission, basically, is what we start with. Where you know mm-hmm. whatever the guy he's after, he's he he was after, he's dead now. Um, car leaves from the funeral proceedings, and a woman gets into it, heads towards the mansion. Um, woman walks into the parlor bond is waiting for her and has a yes. great line of what like sorry for your loss or something and mm-hmm. shocker the woman is a man the woman yes. was another agent that was pretending to be a woman and an epic fight breaks out and this, this was, honestly this, was a good fight scene. this sets the pace for the movie it does it really does like, and it was a good fight scene too yeah when you see this fight scene that happens in the very beginning of the film that has absolutely nothing to do with any of the events later on if this is that good you know you're about to get some killer stuff later on oh yes oh, yeah. um i mean the fight breaks out you got you, you're throwing a man in a dress across the room bond chokes <laughs> him out using a fireplace poker you know um guards Which show up to the I room like, by the way oh yeah so do i Guards show up to the room, you know, kick open the door. Bond's, you know, escaping out, out, out to the roof where he's conveniently has a, a, a the jetpack that we mentioned at the beginning of the episode set up. Yes. And he waiting you know, for takes his it off, you know, lands right next to the classic Aston Martin. Oh, yep. The DB5 from, is back. It was like from the last movie, too, which is mm-hmm. the best part. Um <clears throat> Because I remember he puts up the little shield that he used in uh, Goldfinger, yep. too. Pops up the bulletproof so shield, deploys the water jets to kind of knock the guards out that are chasing him. And 
I thought this was a very cool transition. Using the water jets that Bond was deploying, that rolled into the underwater opening sequence. Yes. Playing the Thunderball song. I thought mm-hmm. was that was a beautiful transition using I, I call it shadow puppet theater with naked women in this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? yeah I, I put um black silhouettes and colored backgrounds, which I thought was kinda neat. It was it's a little different than the other intros, but um it was still pretty neat to watch. I think this is I think this might be my favorite one though. I really enjoyed this one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I can give you that. Until we get to the later movies, I, I'd say this is probably one of my favorites. I liked the effects of the first three movies just the the how clever it was to do mm-hmm. that intro the projection like the projector effects. on the yeah. like the body and all that that was yeah. really really cool but i do like uh the transition into this one like this one was really good as far as the mm-hmm. intro to bond movies this is the first one that this is the first <clears throat> one that that it it felt the most it felt like the beginning of the most consistent ones we're, we're gonna see you know i think we're yep. gonna see a lot more of this style going forward than we will of, uh, of the previous previous ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so after the opening sequence, we have Eyepatch Man arriving at a secret yes. Spectre meeting. Yes, just a so, guy pulling up in a car and going into a secret location, which just happens to be, you know, uh, the headquarters of Spectre. And granted, complete in asshole. The, the, the man who's standing there is like, yo, you can't park here. And Eyepatch Man just looks at him and just keeps walking. Yeah, dick move, dude. Like, you know, who we just trying to do his job? He can't park in front of the <laughs> building. Two. Um, yeah, and you're right. That we find out this is number two, Eye Patch Man, the number two man inspector. You know, yes. so Spectre referred to their agent similar to MI MI six, I believe. You know, you get the double O agent. Spectre has their own, which is just just mm-hmm. numbers. Um, they're going over various things, this, that, and the other thing. And number nine and number ten are talking about the amount of money they, they, they got. And number one is very displeased because this is not enough money. There should have been hey, more money. You kind of skip over a, a split thing. When he first walks in, they're, if you're paying attention to the conversation going on as number two walks in, they're talking about the death of number six by an unknown assassin. I assume that was a reference to you know, the Bond to the, killing the yeah. guy. Yeah, the, uh, at the beginning. What, I can't remember his actual name. It was JB, but it was it was something French. It was some French guy. I, I can't remember. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure he was number six, and Bond was the so-called unknown assassin. However, which is confusing because they seem to know who Bond was in the last. Oh movie. yeah, Bond doesn't know, but Bond doesn't hide who he is. But I, I think yeah, that might so, be just I, that, that might have been a reference either way. I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, um, it was like right as he walks in because I had to like do a rewind and re-listen. I'm like, wait a minute, what did he just say? Mm-hmm. And that's how I was figuring out who who number two was and so on. But yes, number <laughs> eleven and number nine. Um, number ten, were number together. nine, number ten, number nine, number nine and ten. Are you sure it was nine and ten? I thought it was eleven and nine. Hundred percent, because number nine is the one that gets his ass burnt. Number ten. Well, is I know the one nine. Yeah, I know nine is the one gets, but I thought it was nine and eleven. I think it was nine and ten. I thought it was nine and eleven working on this. At least my notes at eleven. Maybe it was supposed to be ten. Yeah, I don't know. But nine, <laughs> nine was stealing from number one. Absolutely, which you don't do. You don't steal from the man with the white cat. Yes, which yeah, I love. Part. We've got the white cat now, man. It's like you can see every spy parody that's ever been made. <laughs> yes, from from, yes. from Austin Powers to Inspector Gadget. You now see where they got it from. You know, you claw. The enemy Something agent inspector gadget is, is, is petting a cat. I mean, it's so great. I love it. I love it so much. 
This is, of course, number one is Blowfield, um, who comes back in many, many more movies to come. Um, well, but anyway, yeah, number number nine gets electrocuted for embezzling money. The chair just drops drops down through the floor, comes back, and it's empty and smoking. Gotta love that. Which is great. Yes. Gotta love that take. After nine dies, it then goes to number two and his discussion about this whole plan, about how he's got an agent at the naval base and all that. And number two starts going in and talking about his secret plan. Um, Because number one gives the floor over to number two after nine. Yeah, the the grand reveal of what's going to happen. They're they're stealing the nuclear warheads and... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he goes, he goes and reveals all this about how he has an undercover agent at a naval base and this and that, and goes into essentially that they're going to pull out this mission. Basically, reveal what the over. what the MacGuffin is. Yeah. Um, and then we cut to the spa where Bond meets meets a man with a dragon tattoo. I call him the man with the dragon tattoo because you know Bond calls Money Penny to figure out what it is, and it's like a little Chinese He's, dragon yeah, symbol. Yeah. He says like a red um, dragon or something like that. Yeah. So he henceforth be known as the man with the dragon tattoo. Um, mm-hmm. Bonds f- follows him and there's a bandage man that seems to keep tabs on Bond, you know, tries to mm-hmm. go into the room and, and with him and kind of, kind of, is kind of following him behind a little bit. Now, just before you jump too far, just because there was, I, I marked down a little comment when Bond's doing the massage and he talks to the guy and meets him and he leaves and this and that, um, the massage, uh, the lady doing the massage on Bond notices a bruise on his back and she's like, Oh, where'd you get this bruise from? Fireplace poker. <laughs> yeah. He's like, um, from uh, a poker from a widow. And she's like, really? I thought a widow would be just your type. And he's like, no, not this one. He didn't like me at all. And yeah. she's like, huh? And he just walks away. And it just keeps going. <laughs> like, yeah, I, just, I, I thought I, that was great. So, like, I, I did enjoy that, that moment. That one was pretty good. The little um, quirks <clears throat> that are in this movie are great, which is the classic Bond. And Absolutely. Well worth it every time. Absolutely. After the bandage man. Um, kind of looks around and keep starts keeping tabs on Bond. Bond goes back to the nurse. You know, she got a checkup thing happening on. Put your hands above your head, Mr. Bond, this, that, and the other thing. There's some sexual tension going back and forth between these two. Um, but then as she gets closer, Bond puts his hands over the top of her and literally forces her into a kiss. Like, mm-hmm. little mm-hmm. rapey, Mr. Bond. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was pretty aggressive. She was actively trying to pull away. <laughs> and he would not let he, her. He, well, he was a little aggressive on that one. <laughs> little aggressive. Uh, ends up working out in the end. It's all good. That's as rapey as we get in this movie. But little aggressive during that point. Uh, how she responds? She ends. She responds by putting Bond on a rack. Should help oh, his yep. you know body yep. and whatnot. Basically, a medieval torture device designed to stretch you out. But the modern day version of it. Yeah, not so medievally tor- torturous. Exactly. So they say. Exactly. So they say. Um, puts the, puts Bond on the rack, says she'll be back in 15 minutes. Bond's sitting there, you know, tied up to the rack and everything, and it's vibrating back and, and it's forth. And it's just going, it's going. Then you just um, see this hand appear out of nowhere. You see the hand of the man with the dragon tattoo. Sneaks yes. in, and he cranks up the intensity on the rack, and it starts shaking violently back and forth, just pulling Bond's, Bond's Bond bones all over the place. to and fro, and he's yelling, help, help, help. Finally, the nurse comes in, and he's rescued by the nurse, taken to the steam room for implied whoopee, because nothing cures broken, you know, stretched out bones like whoopee. Now, pause for a moment, because I'm not going to lie. I got a little hot and bothered during this scene, and you don't even see anything. 
This is like the only scene, the only the only implied sexy time scene in the movie where I'm like, damn. Because when they walk into the steam room, you see, you know, the silhouettes of them and you see her drop her robe and you see the hands and her butt get pushed up against the the, the steam glass for like half a second. It's such a fraction of a second before it cuts away. But I'm like, man, that they were pushing that rating. They yeah, were they pushing were. the yeah, PG rating time with time that together. one scene. There was like half a second. Um, but I, yeah, yeah, that one was, well, that one was interesting. Um, after post whoopee, Bond continues his, his journeys through the hallway of this spa slash spy relaxation slash practical joke Whatever on each it. other place. I don't know what you want to call it because Bond comes across the man with the dragon tattoo and proceeds In a little steamer. In, in a little steamer where only your head's poking out. Um, yeah. Don't know exactly what the term of that thing is, but either way, look it up. Google it. You'll figure it out. It's not hard. Um, yeah, it was it's some old school steamer. Yeah. Bond cranks up the intensity on this one and then puts a broom through the uh, through the opening so the man can't get and out. Locks it. Yep. And locks it And there's it also in. some little quirks between the two because when oh, yeah. uh, the guy with the dragon tattoo cranks up the machine on Bond, he's like, nice to meet you, Bond. And he like cranks it up. And then I forget what Bond says to him, but he, he says something back when he, he does the same thing. Something uh, essentially. witty. Yeah. So like they're, they're having fun with it, which is kind of cool. Um, oh yeah, but after Bond traps the man in the steamer, we get to a cut to some more sexy time between uh, what looks to be a uh, officer of some type and a redhead. Um, uh, f- f- phone calls his hotel room, basically tells him that he has to. He's being called into service. He's going to fly some sort of test mission. Yep. Blah 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 blah. Um, he's like, "All right, I'll be down. I'll be down in a minute." Puts on his pilot outfit. He gets dressed. He gets ready to go. He opens the door and he's staring at himself. Yes. When he leaves the room. Dun, dun, dun. Um, he's staring at his own doppelganger who proceeds to gas him and, and, and he, he, he passes out. Presumably yep. dead. Um, I like this effect as obvious as it was of the opening of the uh hotel room door and it being him the, seeing himself yeah, imposter, yeah because it was obvious that it was it was he was looking at like a green screen green screen and they just projected a different image on it um it was obvious but I, i'm not gonna lie i kind of liked it it kind of caught me off guard for a minute yeah it's, it was the intended it was effect in served its purpose mm-hmm. yeah, um, i give you that but so the pilot is gassed by his own doppelganger. The doppelganger is talking back and forth, wanting more money. Obvious this mm-hmm. is a specter operation is what we come to the conclusion of. you got a man with a gun. You've got the woman. They both seem to be specter agents talking about this is the this is the man on the inside that number two was talking about earlier on. The man yes. at the naval yeah, he base. was the undercover guy. Exactly. And he was talking about all the plastic surgery and everything that he had gone through and mm-hmm. all the inconvenience to his life this has been. Um, so he wanted more money. So, yeah. so they agree, you'll take what we give you now and we'll give you the rest later. Exactly. Yep. When you get there. Cool, no problem. Um, grabs his ID, you know, his his dog tags, his watch, things that would be, you know, personally identify him and leaves. Pretty much everything he would need. Absolutely. And uh, then... Uh, then the doppelganger straight up just goes, he walks goes to the, to the base. Right? Yeah, he goes to the air base. He, he, they basically board the flight. 
So then we cut back to the spa where we've got post-coital sexy time with little Miss Nurse Lady. Um, Bond, they have a little chit-chat oh, back yeah, and yeah. forth. And then Bond goes to the window and notices he sees the man with the dragon tattoo and two goons um, dragging a body on a stretcher into the, the, the spa. So Bond proceeds to investigate what this whole shenanigans is. This is a crazy spa, by the way. Like, this spa is like... It really is... A lot of shit it's goes down here for being for being a vacation place. There's a lot of yeah. shit that goes down at this spot. It's true. Although uh-huh. I, I am kind of curious, they don't really show it because it's nighttime. But I'd love to see how badly he got burnt. Like you, you, I imagine him like sunburnt underneath all of his clothes from that that steamer that he got trapped in. Oh, absolutely. Like absolutely. that's the only thing I could think of when I was watching the scene is like how <laughs> is, badly burnt is this guy? He or he's really really wrinkly. That's what I was saying. Yeah, one of the two. He's like a prude. A little bit of sunburn or something like that. Um. Uh. But anyway, we're post. So Bond's walking around. Bond's trying to figure out who this is. Opens the door. Sees the man in the room. Finds the man. Unwraps his bandages. Meanwhile, there's one of the Spectre agents is hiding behind a curtain, waiting to strike if need be. Uh, Bond unwraps the man's bandages, sees sees his face, but of course doesn't know who this man is yet. Yep. Um, sees his face, and then notices there's a man near the window. So Bond just casually, nonchalantly yep. walks over to the, there to the phone, picks it up. The man strikes. Bond counters, crashes him through the window, and then just yep. hangs the phone around his neck I, for some I, weird reason. I, I love this scene. <laughs> like I, I love this scene. Yeah, no, I don't know why he does it, but I do love the scene because. <clears throat> while what's, it's actually the guy with the dragon tattoo I think is the one that's hiding behind the curtain hiding behind the curtain getting, yeah getting ready to take out Bond but then someone else strikes anyway but what I like about this scene is it shows the the secret spy skills so to speak of Bond because Bond mm-hmm. doesn't really show that he knows the guy's coming through the window until like right before he does he kind of like backs up there's a shadow there to show the audience that there's a guy there and Bond's yeah. picking up the phone to do something but you know that Bond knows when the guy strikes and Bond's already ready to counter. Like he he was prepared for himself. Yeah. But it kind of shows that you know training, a special training that Bond has. It's kind of like, yeah, you can't pull a fast one on me. Pretty pretty good spy so, choreography, <clears throat> if you will. Exactly. Good spy, spy choreography. choreography. It's the best way to explain it. So I, I kind of um, like that scene. I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we have a conversation. We we go down the hallway. You know, fire alarms or something. You know, alarms start going off. Bond walks back. There's some quick between the quip between him and the nurse and whatnot, but I forget what it is, so we're going to move along with that. Then I believe we cut back to the test flight. We've got the flight going on. Um, yes. The co-pilot takes a break. The doppelganger takes the co-pilot's place. Mm-hmm. They're flying along uh, for Angela, a few minutes. I think his name was. The doppelganger. Yeah, whatever or his the, name the is. The person he took over. Is, we won't deal with him. Angelo? We won't deal with him again in a few minutes. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> as you know um, but anyway doppelganger doc, doppelganger takes place of the coke of the co-pilot um mm-hmm. and you see him twiddling with his his mask and everything and he puts it into a different slot and then takes a canister and puts it in where his his gas thing was and basically through their flight mask gases the rest of the crew on the flight so yep, they're all but he has his own air breathing mechanism. exactly <clears throat> so they're all knocked out or dead then he proceeded to proceeds to nosedive the plane, and you think it might be on a crash course here. Um, and yes. you, you cuts back and forth to to home office, going, you know, what's going on, this, that, and the other thing. 
Finally, it drops below uh, below radar, and, and the home office references that that they can't detect anything below 300 feet. But the last contact they, they had with the plane, it, it was it was in a nosedive. So they're assuming that it crashed somewhere somewhere mm-hmm. near the Bahamas. Um, cut to number two on a yacht as he watches the plane fly in and makes yep. a request to cut on the under underwater landing lights, which is pretty cool. Honestly, for a second, thought there was going to be run a runway come up out of the water. Would have been rad. <laughs> yeah, I did too. Completely forgot about it. Um, plane plane lands on the water, uh, sinks to the bottom, sinks to the bottom of the water. A rescue diver comes by, murders per, poor Angelo. That was his name, right? Yeah. Well, it was number two. Number two goes down with yes. the crew. And yeah. number two gets, you know, okay, I, I get something. I can't remember what it is. It's and, a briefcase. Uh, yeah, yeah. And Angelo's, like, stuck. He can't get out. Yep. And essentially, uh, number two kind of like, oh, nope, kills him. And kind of like it as, uh, oh, you wanted more money, did you? Well, yeah. that's not how Just it's Just straight go. mercs him. Just straight mercs yes. him. One less problem we have to worry about. Um, then yep. we have a couple cuts of the the rest of the dive team comes comes they steal the warheads off the bottom of the plane they wrap mm-hmm. the plane in a netting just to kind of hide it from the top, which I um, thought was pretty clever because it I mean, obviously hides the plane for a good part of the movie because everyone yeah. goes right past it. Yeah, because so I, I knew the new people would be looking for it, so it was, it was mm-hmm. neat to have them hide it. Um, <clears throat> after number two gets back to his 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 ship, he touches base with number one and then proceeds to chart a course to the Bahamas. Yep. Um, cut back to Bond at clinic. Bond leaves the clinic and he's being yep. followed as he is in every single movie. Pretty if much, Bond yeah. leaves a building, he's being followed. <laughs> um, Bond's being followed by a vehicle. Um, all of a sudden, a motorcycle comes out of nowhere from behind both vehicles and blows up the car that's following Bond. Um, it yes. is revealed motorcycle driver pulls off, pulls off to the side, pulls her helmet off, and it is the redheaded woman that we saw earlier with the doppelganger. Yes. Um, she yep. proceeds she to careen like, her motorcycle off yep. into you know the lake or whatever to kind of get rid of it. Yeah, to kind of hide it, uh, which I thought was kind of it was out there, but it's kind of like okay, so there's some another player throughout this whole movie, kind of keeping an eye on the mission and making sure everything goes right. You can tell that there's this is a more advanced mission for Spectre than the previous movies. Yes, it's not just like oh henchman number whatever, go do your thing and be back. This one's kind of like. We've got a plan. We've got a team. We've got a backup henchman and other yeah. numbers. Everyone's like, involved here. There's we've a lot got, of got yeah, yeah, a lot of lot of cooks in the kitchen on this one, so to speak. Yeah. Um, then we cut to a very special, very important. A double O meeting is being called at headquarters. Yes, they're recalling all of the double O agents back to, back to headquarters. For M to talk to something, something big's going on. Bond shows up and money. He's like, "What's going on, Money Penny?" Money Penny's like, "I, I, I don't know, Bond. Too. Something big, though." Yeah, I, I love his entrance because if you see, like, he opens the door and he's like, "Hey, has his hat in hand, like he's getting ready to throw it across the room to land on the hat rack," and mm-hmm. he realizes it's like literally right next to the door. Like they move the hat rack on him. Yep. So you see that expression on his face, like he's getting like he's all happy, like a kid getting ready to throw his hat, and he's like. Oh, oh. <laughs> and he just sets his hat on the rack and he's like, okay. And he goes in and she's like, no, 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 no. Conference room. You That's know, right. All the double O's are here. Something big's going on and you're late. <laughs> <laughs> so he uh, enters the conference room and what chair does he take? There's only one chair available in the room. 
he takes the seventh chair. <laughs> well, I guess that's because he's 007. Yes. <laughs> I thought that was really cool, though. <laughs> I kind of giddy. I got giddy for a moment. I was like, he. You know what? I didn't count them, but I knew it was supposed to be all the double O's there yeah, yeah, for this was, event. So it was the seventh. I never chair. even counted the chairs, but it makes so much more sense. <laughs> the only time in any Bond movie that all the double O's are pre- present in one room, granted, you do not see the faces of anybody. You see a profile of one of them, mm-hmm. um, but you don't see any direct face of anybody other than other than Bond. Um, let's see. M talks about the Spectre ransom. They're ransoming the United States and Great Britain for 100 million pounds, or they will use nuclear bombs on England and America's cities. Um, each each double O agent is given a, given a different mission pertaining to this to kind of go to different areas to try and figure out how what they can do to stop this. Mm-hmm. Bond gets a mission to head one way, but he meets with M afterwards and convinces M to send him to Nassau based on information that he saw because he saw the the dop the, the angelo, angelo the real angelo dead at the spa the night before um which is a clue you know a, a clue for what's going on in nassau so em agrees and sends bond to nassau to investigate the doppelgangers or, or angelo's mm-hmm. sister um <clears throat> then i think we cut straight to Nas. yeah we cut straight to Nash- yeah, nassau right here there is um Right at the end of the meeting, there's some little, the normal uh, flirtation money penny between Moneypenny and Bond. And, yeah. yeah, and I think she actually calls M an old man or something yeah. like that. I can't remember the, the full context of the conversation, but he, he catches on because he hears it and he's like, I'm not an old man, or don't call me old man again or something like that. Yeah, it's like as um, he opens a door or something, he, he yeah, catches yeah. up on it. And he gets funny little quips back and forth between yeah. those three. But um, um, yeah, Bond goes to Nasu, and mm-hmm. uh, if I'm not mistaken, it is pretty much just starts with bond like swimming in the water it cuts and just straight sees to him, this other girl swimming yeah, in the water spying too. spying on her mm-hmm. underwater as she's gathering a starfish or something um, now i think this is said in the meeting between bond and m which is why bond wanted to go to nasu is that in some of the intel during the debriefing um the angelo well the actual angelo the one that died in that bond saw on his vacation trip had a sister in Nasu. Yeah, I mentioned that's, that. Yep. Okay. To investigate that, Angelo's that, sister. This is essentially, yeah, this is a sister. Yeah. Sorry, I, I was reading my notes and missed that part. But uh, yeah, <laughs> you're good. So, um, so essentially, this is this is her. Yep. That, so uh, she's so she's he, gathering underwater sea creatures, which I believe is illegal now. You can't do that anymore. Aww. But this is the '60s, so who cares, right? Yeah, pretty much. Um, she's underwater doing that, and her fin gets caught in the in the reef. And Bond has to come and rescue her. And they've got some little flirtatious back and back and forth. Bond goes back to his boat. She's on her boat. And whoopsies. The, the boat doesn't work. The boat doesn't work. And Bond's got a very, very, I think Paula's her name, very, very hot assistant on the boat with him who's, yeah. who's obviously an agent as well. Yes. Um, just kind of helping him out on this one. Um, and um, I liked the the style they went with. It was kind of like, you know, they were both and they knew what the mission was here. And this is where like the little bit of the, the Bond uh, spy training comes in. Mm-hmm. But you see it on both sides because you know, she knows exactly what's going on. It's like, 
oh, is it time? And like, yeah. So he like pulls like the gas line, and she's like kind of crazy, and like, oh, and then she's just playing along. It's crazy. Little oh, bit the of boat's not working. A little bit of mid time, because because this 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 agent comes back numerous times mm-hmm. um, throughout this tale. But a little bit of backstory, real quick. Played by Martine Beswick, this actress also played one of the gypsy girls from From Russia with Love. Oh, that explains mm-hmm. why she looked familiar. Absolutely. She got a super, super tan um, for like three weeks before shooting so she would fit in with the as as like a local um, Okay. <clears throat> during during this scene. Um, but yeah, she was also one of the uh, the gypsy girls in From Russia with Love. That makes sense because I kept thinking she looked familiar and I was like, well, I don't that's think why. she's been in other movies. But maybe I think that's she was, was. I think she was one of the daughters, if I remember correctly. Okay. Um but yeah, I, I like this scene, and I like how they kind of played it off together, and they're like, oh, well, I've got a meeting or whatever back, mm-hmm. you know, i got to get back, can uh, can I hit a ride with you, essentially? And it's like, you're okay to stay here, aren't you? And she's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I can stay here, no problem. <laughs> so Bond hitches a ride back to shore, and they just drive up to this beach, Mock ten man, <laughs> yeah. just I was, I was like, where are they going? Boy, like no dock or nothing. You got kids swimming. They are just hauling ass up to shore here, and just cut off the engine last second. Some dudes there to meet them, and they jump out of the boat and just leave the boat in the middle of this 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 family swimming session. And the best you know? part is, there's someone on the beach spying on them the whole time. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Not um, obvious. Not obvious. Not obvious. You know, the guy no, with the binoculars no. watching a boat just land on the beach right in front of him. Oh yeah, not at all. Um, so they ride back to shore and they've got they they're having drinks with you know Bond and Domino are having drinks by the pool. Domino mm-hmm. talks about her, her guardian, um, which is is revealed that it ends up being number two. They yes. see number two show up. Then there's a there's a whole cut thing. We we cut to some uh, uh, some casino. Um, mm-hmm that we end up going to and bond has a little gamble session with number two makes a couple specter jokes knowing that, you know, I yes. know you, you know me, you know, we're yeah, going to do this. The gentleman. That's way, what I loved though. about this movie. That is literally throughout the entire movie. It seems to be, it's like, we know who you are and yeah. you know who I am. It's, yeah. it's just back and forth and for I being, for it. being spies. They, everyone knows everyone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's and no they play secret it off. identities. Yeah. They, they play it off great. And it's like, no one else can know, but we exactly. Do. Um, bond and you know, bond takes Domino for drinks, dinner. They have a little dance. They have a little conversation back and mm-hmm. forth. A lot of conversation about number two, uh, or, 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 um, Largo is his name. Bond wants to yes. know as much as possible about Largo. Uh, Largo comes, picks up Domino. Number two, Largo invites Bond to lunch with him mm-hmm. and leaves with Domino, who we learn is his niece. Um, Bond goes back to his hotel room and discovers that his room has been snuck into. There's been a man so, in my room. What, what I thought was <laughs> interesting about this. Yes. Because. I know where you're going. Well, I caught this, and it at first I didn't realize it until a little bit later on. But when he goes to get his key to his room, he asks for the key to room three hundred four. When he gets to his room, he then instead walks into room, room three hundred six, with, with, with a different key. Yes, 
And the rooms are like kind of conjoined by like a little door that connects. Oh, yeah, it's adjoining rooms. Yes. And we learn we um, learn later that room three hundred six was Paul to his the, assistant's room. Yeah, the other agent, yeah. which you know it makes more sense then. But at the time, I'm like, okay, well, what is what's he doing here? Like he asked for his room key, but he went into someone else's room, and it makes more sense. But this mm-hmm. is also where I think, um, he goes back into his room and he, he goes through like a book and finds like a recording and it was like playing it back, kind of listening to it. Yep. To try and kind of find, fig, figure out clues of what happened. And he basically, exactly. you see him looking around the room as the recording's going and it's kind of tracking the movements of whoever was in his room. Yeah. And he gets and it basically gun, leads, silencer. yeah, leads to the bathroom and he walks wow. in there and then the doorbell rings and he pauses for a moment to, to open the door and there's the man that was watching them earlier through the binoculars who walks up and goes, how are you, how are you doing double O? And then Bond punches him in the gut, pulls him in the room, yep. sets him aside, and then um, <clears throat> goes to investigate. There's a man in the shower. So Bond, what does he do? Cuts on the hot yep. water. <laughs> the man screams. Way to do it. A little fight ensues. Bond, you know, knocks him, knocks him out, and in walks... The man who Bond punched in the stomach, Felix Leiter, CIA agent. And I believe he says something along the lines of, is that how you treat the CIA these days? <laughs> something like that, yeah. And Bond was like, you almost said. And this is what this is what I find funny. He punches him because he almost said 007. But then Bond literally in front of the man who was spying on him says, you almost said 007. <laughs> <laughs> Spy lingo, man. You can only De- say it to each other. Defeating the purpose there. <laughs> yes, um, yes. Uh, but anyway, you know, after some back and forth between Felix and Bond, and I love how they're casually chit-chatting while this man's in the room, obviously knowing that he's not a real threat to them. No, and I think they um, release him and send him back. They release him. They send they send him back. They they tell him to to bring a message to his to to his mm-hmm. boss. Um, number two goes, you know, goes back to, um, or, or the messenger goes back to number two, tells him home house at his house. Yep. Which he has an awesome, a wicked sweet pool with sharks in it, which I thought was cool. I like the shark theme in this movie. Absolutely. A lot of underwater stuff here in the Bahamas. Oh yeah. Yeah. Which is one of the things I liked about this movie a lot because they weren't afraid to film everything underwater either. It wasn't just like, Oh no, man. Yeah. We'll get to it later. Like the last couple scenes. Oh yeah. That was freaking awesome. You know, um, and but the cool thing with the sharks is uh, just to do a little throwback when they first put the net over the plane in the water. This is when you first start seeing all the sharks because the sharks are all yeah. swimming around. Because I put in my notes that the plane was now protected not only by a net but by also protected by sharks, too. Yes, because yes. he it just has his own team of sharks out in the water, landed apparently. the plane near a shark's nest. Yes, it was great or a shark feeding ground. So, um, but uh, after but anyway, we're back after to the house. messenger f- tells number two the message that Bond sent him with. Um, number two straight up feeds the messenger to the sharks. Yes. Which I thought was a neat special effect. Uh, cause if I remember correctly in this scene, they pretty much just use like a, a red filter over the lens or something when they're yeah. doing it, yeah. which I thought was kind of cool. Cause it's like, all right, well that's kind of cheesy, but at the same time it, you know, proves the point. I mean like the special effect works great. Yeah, it works. You just, get the just point. Just like we talked about in the yeah. beginning of the movie. I mean, it, it gets a point across and it's kind of cool and different. Oh yeah, you so get exactly what be... they're what they're going for with it. Yeah, so um, I thought that was really cool. Then we cut back to Bond, him, Felix, Paula, mm-hmm. and the other guy who I can't remember his name. Felix's buddy. 
they're they're walking around they're going they're going through the you know downtown <clears throat> downtown um nassau and mm-hmm. walking around yep just walking around chit-chatting back and forth then they go into a to a little to a little shack and lo and behold who is waiting for for good old james but hugh, hugh himself yes rocking yes, my notes. a bitchin hawaiian shirt it was pretty cool my notes are literally q gadget time oh absolutely <laughs> like it's that's, gadget that's the best time. way to do it. It's, it's and with time. that said, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the first official episode of Gadget Time. Gadget the time. podcast within the Bond podcast. <laughs> where it's a podcast in the podcast. What can be yours for three easy payments of $9,999.99, you can get the Geiger counter watch, the underwater <laughs> camera, the four-minute rebreather with mini flare, and a homing beacon pill. This whole spy package can be yours. <laughs> that's great. I love it. That's great. From now on, that's going to be gadget time. Um, <laughs> Thank you for joining us for this episode of Gadget Tie, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> now back to three, the show. <laughs> three easy payments. That's great. Oh. Um, literally goes down the whole list of everything he uses, basically in order. Yes, yes. And the funny part is... Not, well, not again, quite. Almost in order, everything he uses. Um, the, the little quirks there between him and Q, which are always priceless in every movie... Uh, was great because they always find a way to do the little commentary off of the gadgets. And Q is quick enough to keep up with Bond's quirks. Mm-hmm. So it's like they kind of quirk off each other, which is great. I, just, oh, I love absolutely. the commentary between the Bonds and Q. And not just Sean Connery and the actor who plays Q. Desmond Llewellyn. That's it. But you notice it in the other movies. Like As we get to the later Bonds and we get to Pierce Brosnan and, and so on, you see those same quirks. Oh, yeah. All the way. Like, he got Q down packed. And it arguably gets better crater. because throughout Bonds, yes. from my memory, Q gets to the point where Q just doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, yeah. You know, he, he Q's knows. just like, you know, He Bond. knows how Bond's going to be. <laughs> Which is great because, I mean, he, he's a Q for all of them. But the, the fact that like, he knows he plays that that role so well. And even yeah. though it's a small point in all the movies, it oh, is. Oh, it's. The the one thing in the movie you always look forward to, you get so oh. excited, like yes, Q's here. I yes, remember, there's my thirty seconds of the movie that I will never forget. I'm loving that man because I remember growing up, and even though I didn't grow up, you know, watching these these older ones, they were long before my time. I grew up watching like the Pierce Brosnans. Yes, um, yep. Q was always like the best part. Q was oh, always yeah. my favorite. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I do agree with you, and we'll we'll get in, we'll get into we'll have more gadget time in the future with Q himself. We're going to have to now. Absolutely. Um, so anyway, uh, back to the show. We cut back to headquarters. Um, yes, headquarters so is listening headquarters. Uh, to the terms of the ransom. There's 55 hours left. 55 hours left before either a bomb goes off in the United Kingdom or the United States, or they have to pay the 100 million pounds uh, ransom. Um, so... Bond now scuba dives. He's he's going to investigate the yacht of Largo, aka yeah, Largo's, number yeah. two. Which the name of the yacht? Do you remember? Um. No, actually, I don't. I didn't it is it the Disco Volante, which is probably the best name for any 
water vehicle, plane, car, ever. That's pretty good. That's Disco pretty good. Volante. Um, I made a special note of best name ever in all caps on my notes here. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm starting to look at my notes realizing that Spellcheck apparently put down different things that I was not trying to type because I don't even know what I wrote in half of these. <laughs> so, Fair enough. Jordan's I, over I'm, here I'm, having I'm going to off tra- your notes on this have one. To, having to translate his own notes. I am. It's, I'm like, <laughs> what does that say? I don't think that's what it was supposed to say. Um, I typed that, but uh, I don't know. So an underwater fight ensues while Bond's attempting to take, he's, he's taking pictures of the bottom of the disco, disco volante. He notices a, like the, a strange hatched looking yep. thing. So Bond starts taking photos and he's attacked from underwater by another scuba diver. This will happen many, many more times in this movie. <laughs> yes. So many underwater fights. It's not even funny. Um, so Bond takes out the scuba diver, but the, the people on the surface, you know, there's cameras down below the boat. They see this fight going on. So Same man up health. top starts dropping, straight up dropping mm-hmm. grenades into the water above Bond. Oh, yeah. And, and I love they how they're like using water grenades, too. Yeah. And I love how they're using the, the bubbles from his his scuba tank. Yes. Just to kind to of find, find where, where he where exactly he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so they do that back and forth. And then kind of he swims too far out for them to drop grenades. So they take a boat and start chasing him chasing him and they chase him to the other area yeah and then they go they drive right past him turn around they're like what's that i see him in the water bond dives down right as the boat goes over the top of him scoring his scuba tank so he takes it off and he's hiding under underneath the second boat the scuba tank floats to the surface they assume him to be dead take his tank take his mask and they go back to shore bond swims back to shore essentially um, reaches shore, super, super tired, and he is rescued by none other than yep. the red-headed woman. I just call her Lady Spectre, because I, I don't remember what her actual name was. Neither do so I. I. I just kept calling her Lady Spectre. She's the red-headed woman. That um, works. They're driving along, and Bond notices the Spectre ring that she's wearing, and there's this little back and forth of, do you embrace yep. death type deal going on, because mm-hmm. she is hauling ass oh yeah yeah like she's she just going, keeps speeding up and oh yeah up as fast she's as she going go. like 100 miles an hour back in like 1965 they are freaking booking oh yeah it. they are booking it finally get back to the hotel room finally get back to the hotel and the redheaded woman's like this is as far as i can take you this is my hotel and yeah. Bond's like funny enough this is mine as well somehow mm-hmm. it seemed to be on purpose that way Knowing full well this is a big setup, you know. Oh yeah, he's, right. Bond. he's, he's played this he, game he knows. before. Yeah, yeah, he, you know? he, he enjoys playing this game. <laughs> um, but then we develop the film that Bond took. We realize that this yep. is a hatch. The boat opens up from the bottom. Um, then we yes. cut to Felix and Bond flying around in Felix's super rad floating helicopter, mm-hmm. flying around looking for the plane crash site. They're traveling. They're doing math. You know, the boat couldn't have gone farther than this but where is the plane where's look boss the plane the plane where's the plane that's mm-hmm. just you know we're, we're not on fantasy island that's just how i thought felix sounded in my head in that moment. <laughs> i was gonna say i was, I was just going letting you go with it but uh, <laughs> and then i think at this point they uh, they kind of give up on the search because they they're running out of options. running low on so fuel so they head back they, to nassau yeah when they pretty much decide to kind of spy on largo because largo is kind of like what are they doing out there they, well they 
they've got nothing to go off of, so they're just trying to keep an eye on us because they have no clue. Like, they exactly. know. Exactly. They all know. Like, Bond knows. It's like, well, there's no point in hiding. They know we're onto them. And Largo's like, they've got nothing, so they're just going to kind of follow us because they've got nothing. <laughs> so it, it kind of continues to show the back and forth between them. Like, both sides know what's going on. Mm-hmm. They just can't get what they need quickly enough. Yep. And we basically see a top-down view of Largo's property. We see the the pool with the sharks. We mm-hmm. see another pool on the other side of the property. We see you know the, all the walls and everything. So this is basically Bond knowing that he's going to end up having to go here, kind of planning his, yeah, planning his route in. Um, but after all, he was invited for lunch, yes. so he just flat out goes to visit Largo in the very next scene. Shows up for lunch. He just shows up to his house. And um, I think there's um, some back and forth commentary between them too, and I can't remember all the little quirks, but they kind of have this back and forth, kind of like we both know. Talking but we're about not coming out and saying it. Talking about guns, because Largo was skeet shooting when we saw him in the saw him in the right. last scene, and when Bond shows up, he's he's got his gun with him. You know, they make it. You know, talk to Domino for a minute, who was there hanging out poolside. Mm-hmm. Then they make some jokes back and forth, and uh, Largo says something about like you're not a you're not a gunman, and Bond's like. Bond's like, well, you know, like I know women or something like that. Yeah, you know, something like that, yeah. Joke back and forth. Um, and then anyway, they go back, they shoot Skeet, and Bond's kind of playing, you know, playing innocent here um, about Skeet shooting. And then just straight up, he's like, do you mind if, do you, mind if you, you launch me one? Yeah. Largo launches him a Skeet, and Bond essentially hip fires, takes it out with not even looking at it, basically. Uh-huh. Um, like it seems to be easier than I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, uh, smart ass, Mr. Bond. Smart ass. I love, I love it too. The little quirks, man. They yep. just get to you. Um, um, then we cut back to Bond and Paula's hotel room, where the redhead has broken into Bond's hotel room, where Paula is there, and there's a little back and forth mm-hmm. with them, thinking, you know, well, the uh, redheaded woman's trying to make it make it think like she was invited there for sexy time. With Bond, yeah, she kind of yeah. makes that appearance. But then there's a knock on the other door from the other room. Exactly, the henchmen so, and all kind of sneaking in. Yep, and they they knock out they knock out Paula. And they take um, her. and 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 take her away. Um, and then I think at this point, because Bond goes out to a dance or something, he goes to the to he goes to the he goes to the parade. He takes Domino to the parade. That's what it was because I yeah. know Felix comes and gets him to say, yep. "Hey, something happened to Paula." Exactly, Felix and then this interrupts. Leads to um, Bond sneaking back into Largo's place. Mm-hmm. Yep, they sneak back into Largo's house. Um, shout out real quick. He sneaks back into Largo's house. They're going through like some little basement area. Again, there is another. TV screen with fish on it in the background. Like it, like I you remember, that. you remember in Doctor No, it was like the underwater. Yes, supposed to be the underwater window, but it was just a TV screen with fish playing on it. Yes, exact same thing I saw in the basement of of, of Largo's house, and I was like, oh my god! Didn't even think about that. again. I, I didn't even pay attention to that. So um, then Bob was like trying to sneak in, and then he gets in, he goes down to the basement, and he finds kind of where Paula's at. Uh huh. Um, and then you find out that she's dead. And so Bond's working his way out and somebody spots him and he fires, he fires a gun off, which mm-hmm. creates this crossfire between their own, their own team. Super clever. Oh, oh yeah. That was awesome. Wonderful. It, Largo was the only one's like, you idiots, you're shooting at each other. Yeah. What are you doing? Number two shows up and says, listen, yo, stop, stop. Uh-huh. Phil, 
That's Ed. You guys know each other. Why are you shooting at each other right now? What's the deal with this? Mm-hmm. Um, so Bond, Bond goes to escape and uh, Bond starts climbing up to climbing up the roof and drops his gun like a doof. Yep. Arguably the dumbest moment in the entire movie is Bond dropping his gun mm-hmm. like a complete doofus on the roof. Um, <sighs> jumps off the roof. Another man shows up and we've got a one-on-one fight. They fall into the pool. Number two shows up and rather than letting his goons shoot him, he goes, hold on a minute. Yep. Pushes a button and traps them underneath the uh the the cover of the pool so they have no way of getting air or anything here so bond ends up stabbing and taking out the man that he was fighting pulls out his rebreather pops it in um and it's hanging out underwater and number two says release the sharks yeah so door opens up tunnel from the other shark pool sharks are swimming swimming through the tunnel into the pool that bonds in bond you know lets a couple of them come through and then swims through the same tunnel and escapes from the shark pool on the other side of the complex. Which I thought was great. More sharks. We gotta love the sharks. Absolutely. Absolutely. Always with the sharks. Always with the sharks. Um, this is where Bond, I think Bond goes straight back to the hotel room and discovers yes. the redhead mm-hmm. specter agent bathing in his room. Um, once again, they make a point of, of, of identifying the specter ring ring. Yes. But, even though in classic Bond fashion, mm-hmm. you know she's a bad guy, you, there's always time for sexy time. Oh, yeah. Always. always. Always time for sexy time, right? It's a Bond movie. You got it. Exactly. Yeah. So they're getting dressed post-coitus, post and uh, agents show up. Bond opens the door, sees it's the agent, slam it, slams it right back. The redhead reveals her true specter status, uh-huh. gun pointed at him. him. And she, he was like something like, you, you got, you know, you got dressed rather quickly or something. And, and, and she says, you too, mentioning the gun. I didn't even know you had that. And Bond goes, by the way, it's always under the pillow. Which yeah, is a running yeah. joke that he always sleeps with a gun under his pillow. And that, that mm-hmm. comes back in several, several Bond movies to come. Oh, yeah. I think they showed it in a couple of movies, too. Like yep. later on in the series. That he'll he'll put it under his pillow before he goes to bed. Yep. Yeah. Um. Uh, they're now, taking I, Bond. He even makes another comment before he opens the door and lets the guys back in. <laughs> yeah, he says something. Yeah, I, I can't remember what it does. Um, but I like how he's just like, "Oh, well, okay." And then just lets him back in. Like after slamming the door, he's <laughs> exactly. like, "Come on in, guys." <laughs> well, in that case, so. these must. Oh, he says, "In that case, these are friends of yours." And opens yes. the door. <laughs> that's what it was. <laughs> I think that's yeah. what it was. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, but anyway, they're taking Bond. They're taking Bond back to number two. Um, they're in a car, but the parade's going on, so there's all sorts of chaos happening. A man comes up to the car with an alcoholic drink, trying to get them to drink it or whatever. Bond sees his opportunity, considering the redheaded woman is lighting up a cigarette. He dumps, yeah, and she's like, Don't knocks try the man's hand, dumps the liquor into the car, pushes the, the cigarette lighter, causing a miniature explosion, smoke, and escapes. Which I loved. I love Because in my head, I'm like, okay, well, I can see it just lighting the alcohol on fire, but the little special effect where it goes, oh, poof! Yeah. And then the guy's arms on fire. I was like, hey, that's the, it was like, like how it actually happens, but that's cool. I like It that. was like a magician's like disappearing powder. <laughs> exactly. You know, like something that's you would throw on the saying. ground and it would be like Ninja Vanish. Poosh. <laughs> yeah. You know? Uh, I was laughing so hard during this. Beautiful like, effect, All right, though. You do what you gotta do. You do what you gotta do. But yeah, that was a good scene. And then Bond essentially from here, um, he gets out of the car and, you know, the guy's arms on fire and all that. He jumps out and he essentially, I think, 
just makes a run for it and um he gets shot at it i think yeah he takes he takes a shot in the leg because while he's being followed they 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 track him um because of the blood the blood trail that he has that's right that's right yeah which i I think was kind of funny because he gets shot in the leg but and like you go through this whole scene where he's being chased and he's going through the parade which this place seems to have a lot of parades by the way um well they reference it as this time of year is like the bahamas version of mardi gras Okay, well, I guess that makes yeah. more sense. So a lot of lot of parties and stuff going on. Because I know he's he's while he's running, he sneaks onto a float, and then he's like hiding on the float. But then they realize he's probably on the float, so then he hops off the float and keeps on running. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he ends up running into a club. Eventually, enters the Kiss Kiss Club. That's right, the um, Kiss Kiss Club. Goes to the goes to the bathroom and bandages up his leg. And mm-hmm. while he's there, he's at the bar. He sees you know the goons are watching him, and so he grabs grabs a woman from the you know from the bar and kind of starts dancing with her for a moment as a distraction kind of bait, biding his time you know they're not going to cause a scene they're not going to shoot all these people in the yep. middle of the everywhere just to get just to get bond and he knows this so he's in there dancing with her and then the redheaded woman comes up and asks to cut in yes um mm-hmm. so they start dancing for a minute and there's a little bit of a little bit of back and forth and whatnot, you know, yeah. Some commentary between the two of them, and this and that. Yeah, about about you know about their sexy time and whatnot. And he goes, he he goes, I did that for king and country, you know, not yeah. for pleasure <laughs> or something. Um, but anyway, meanwhile, creepy goon is creeping around the backside of the band where the where the bongo player is playing, points his gun through, kind of lines up a shot on Bond, and you can tell he's waiting for the right note to strike. Yes. to shoot to kind of hide the the sound of the gunshot mm-hmm. um bond notices this at the last second and as the gunshot goes off much like in goldfinger bond takes a woman and uses her as a human shield <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah he definitely does granted definitely does. granted this is a bad woman so was the last one for that for that matter so he only does this to bad women but I'm bond, not sure that really makes it any better now but yeah <laughs> i know but bond turns a- Redheaded, exactly. Redheaded Spectre agent. Spectre agent takes a shot in the back, starts dropping. Um, what I what I like about this part, though, another one of Bond's quirks. He's he's holding her so that not to make a scene. Yes. But he kind of walks over to a table and like kind of sets her down in the chair, and he he makes a comment to the other like couple at the table. He's like, um, "Do you mind if uh, my friend sits this one out? And she's just dead." Yeah. She, and like, that's literally what he says. She's just dead. <laughs> and he just got like hey and then all right i have a good night yeah <laughs> like that's it he just leaves her and walks away exactly i'm like okay um, he i mean he he wasn't lying he was being serious about it <laughs> but they're all like oh okay funny yeah she's just not she's exhausted yeah okay doesn't think anything of it <laughs> then we cut back to good old headquarters where they are planning, they were conducting the final plans to drop for the ransom. There are 14 hours left. I love the small cutbacks in this movie where they keep cutting back to you know, 50, sh- 55 hours left, 14 hours yeah. left. You know, there, you, there's, you can tell there's a sense of urgency and that, and that there's activity happening mm-hmm. around the globe surrounding this, that it's not just, you know, Bond on his own working on this. Well, um, the other thing I like about it is it kind of shows the seriousness to the situation. It's not just oh, Bond's on a mission. Whatever happens, happens. Cool. You you either success or you didn't. It's it's showing that Bond is part of a bigger mission. 
Yeah. And it, the reference Multiple back and governments forth. are working on this thing. Exactly. To try and, yeah. behind the scenes, to try and save mm-hmm. it. Yeah. So I, I like this back and forth as well, just because it, it does bring in that real feel to the movie where it's like, hey, Bond, I know you're doing your thing and you're having fun, but there's seriously something going on here. You got to yeah. pay attention. It's a much it's a much grander scale event, if you will. Yes, yeah. So I, I definitely like it. I like it. Yep. I thought it was really good to throw that in there with the movie. Oh yeah, agreed. <clears throat> um, so we cut back, and we've got old Felix and Bond flying around on the floating helicopter, looking for the crash plane yet again. Mm-hmm. Um, they cross an area known as the Golden Grotto, um, where Bond looks down and he sees something kind of underwater that looks fishy. So. He, ask Felix to land. Felix lands and he takes this awesome underwater bucket looking thing which allowed him to see underwater clearly and he's like there's definitely something hidden down there. Yeah. Um, now and if I remember correctly when they're flying around because they were running out of spots Felix men- mentioned something about the grotto like oh it's probably not going to be there because it's shark infested. It's a shark That's when Bond's yeah. like really? Yeah. You I know someone say. who happens to like sharks actually. So I think that's kind of the clue that's like, hey, maybe it's there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I love how, you know, Bond's sitting there. He's getting his tanks on and everything. He's getting ready to, to dive down. And he just looks at Felix and goes, hey, yo, Felix, shoot one of those sharks just as a distraction for the other ones. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, damn, Bond, like just, yo, <laughs> like I get it. It's us or the sharks, but. Yeah, just, that, just that so nonchalant going, just listen, like, yeah. kill that one and they'll eat him before they eat me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and they show it, which was which was neat. Um, Felix just straight up shoots one of the sharks and then Bond jumps in the water. And then the other sharks like swim by him. Exactly. Bond swims down, swims down, um, finds the plane hidden underneath the net. Mm-hmm. Um, goes up through the bottom of the plane, sees that the, the, the missiles are gone, the nuclear warheads are gone. Climbs up through and finds the dead doppelganger. Um, Good old Angelo. Exactly. Takes the dog tags. Dog tags and watch from him. him. The identifiable things that you saw in the beginning of the movie. That's right. Yep. Yep. Takes that stuff from him. Um, Goes back up to the surface. So we know, we know, you know, that the missiles aren't there anymore. They must be on the Disco Volante. Um, Yes. That must be where they are. Uh, Bond goes and meets Domino on the beach. They're sitting down. They're talking back and forth. He shows you, Domino you, her brother's there dog. Is a, I'm surprised you skipped a scene. What? Before they make it to the beach, when Bond first meets Domino. Really? I mean, you've you've hit on all this. Okay, okay. Let me. I'll, I'll set the scene for you because you've hit on this every time. It's uh, emphasized in the movie. Bond decides he needs to go back and find Domino. So it cuts to Domino swimming in the water. Then, like underwater, like they're underwater, she's doing her seashell, whatever, whatever thing she's doing. And Bond meets up with her and finds her, and they're like kind of doing the waving and whatever, and they're kind of like holding each other in the water. Then they go down Uh, underwater, and all the bubbles come up up. and this and that. Implied sexy time. Yes, thank you. Thank you. You've hit it every time. I must have been taking notes during that moment. (laughs) I I must have missed that implied sexy time. Because when they come out of the water, Bond even makes a comment about, I hope we didn't scare the fish. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. I missed that one. I'm sorry, I have to throw that out there because you've hit like every one of them. It's like you're. How your dare I miss the implied sexy you time in a Bond movie? Damn it. I'm I mean, off my game today, Jordan. It, so I know. I'll make up um, for it next time. I'll find okay. implied sexy time where there is none. <laughs> so um, then they, uh, they sit down and they actually talk about uh, Argo or her brother. Um, 
on the beach and all this and that. Mm-hmm. And essentially, Bond pretty much fills Domino in on the fact that um, what's Largo has pretty much stolen these warheads and essentially yep. killed killed her brother. her brother. Use yeah, used used him and killed her brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and you see creepy henchmen approaching behind them on the beach. Um, basically, during this time, Bond is trying to convince Domino to to uh, help him. You know, he needs to he needs to get in. He needs to try and find these, and he needs her help to do that. Yep. Um, as they're talking, a henchman approach. The creepy henchman approaches on the beach. Mm-hmm. She calls him out very casually. By the way, you know, she's just like, "Hey, yo, yep. dude, man's over there, just straight straight spying <laughs> on us." Yeah. With the gun out, by the way. So Bond casually grabs the harpoon gun and just straight up impales him with it, which this is 100% foreshadowing because there will be a lot more harpoon deaths in the very, very, yes. very, very near future. And he also <laughs> makes some comment, too, about uh, to the point or something like that. Like I can't exactly. remember exactly what he said, but he said something like it's to the point exactly. right before we got him. Another um, little harpoon joke. <clears throat> Domino agrees to help Bond, and then we cut to Bond exploring... Um, uh, a grotto that Domino said our, um, Largo doesn't let anybody go Yeah, a little secret location area. Exactly. Um, and he sees a bunch of scuba equipment set up, ready for use. Uh, so he takes, uh, takes this opportunity to take his track, activate and swallow his tracking pill. And then he mm-hmm. kind of hides out on the other side of the grotto for a minute. Cut to nighttime. We've got number two and all of his henchmen coming out to this grotto area. They each pull, grab a wetsuit and start pulling it on. And who um, do we see? Who, who do, do we, we see? see? Who do we see in the background? None other than henchman Frank himself. Yes, Frank is back. Ladies and gentlemen. Working with Largo. He moved up the ranks. He's This man two. has been all around the world at this point. He started, he started in, um, in Jamaica working for Dr. No, using yeah. that radiation chemistry, you know, science, rocket science, whatever degree. He's got quite a resume. He really quite does. a resume. Then he decided to, to take a little bit more of the simple life and, and, and live in, in, in Europe. Sell flowers with, in Russia? Yep, sell flowers in, in, in uh, not in Russia, in Ukraine. Ukraine? Oh, that's Turkmenistan, right. Yeah, somewhere? Right. Um. Anyway, sell flowers in, in, in Eastern Europe. It's who it was. And that didn't work out because of Mr. Bond. Then... He was a bodyguard. He was a bodyguard um, hanging around, you know, Goldfinger and whatnot. Hanging around Goldfinger, living it up in Kentucky, you know, with his bros, his Asian bros. And it just, it just didn't work out again because of Mr. Bond. So, so finally, he with Largo to the finally, he's like, you know what? I'm hanging out with number two Spectre agent. Number two. Number no two. one higher than him than number one. There's no way I'm going to be safer than this. I've got a cushy gig. I know how to, I know how to dive. All I have to do is dive down into this secret cave and pull All shit up every has. now and not ask questions. Yep. But what happens before he gets the chance to dive down? Bond sneaks up and takes him out. And again, steals all of his gear. Again. Flashback again. to Dr. No. Bond knocks this poor Frank out. He's, he's, Frank's not having a good time. Takes his scuba suit and essentially assumes his identity for the next ten minutes of the film. <laughs> yeah. So they swim like, hey guys, down. I'm Frank. Nice to meet you. 
<laughs> so they swim down through the grotto. Um, you know, Bond takes Frank's place along the rest of the divers. They swim, swim down. They enter the disco volante from under, from underneath the boat through that secret hatch that Bond noticed. Mm. And then number two reveals that Miami is the target for the bomb. Yep. Um, so they said, of course, uh, to like a little hidden, to a little hidden area. Guys. Yep. And then they take a submarine out from the bottom of the boat, take it to a secret underwater cave where the bombs are being kept. Yep. Um, Bond is straight outed as one of the divers. I'm assuming just just number two I, recognizes his 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 eyeballs because well, that's all you can see. He does something too because he's kind of like you can tell he's out of place. There. He's being like shifty. He's, he's being yeah. real shifty. Yeah. He doesn't know exactly what's going on. Yeah. So, Bond's, Bond's being real shifty. He's, yeah, he's not yeah. blending in too well. Yeah. You know, and I can't remember if he actually went after one of the guys or he, he did something, and that's when number two was like, "Oh, that's that's not Frank." Exactly, yeah. and they started. Yeah, that's um, Bond. Yep, so. exactly. Bond's outed as outed as one of the divers, and an underwater water chase slash fight ensues, um, and, and Bond, Bond is trapped in the cave, stuck in the cave, stuck in the cave. Back on the Disco Volante, Largo discovers as he as he gets back there largo shows up and discovers that domino has been helping bond she's yes, acting real she's sus as well the, the camera with the, exactly uh you know with the geiger counter on it thank you yeah yeah, yeah. one of uh q's gadget times exactly things. exactly she, she you know she got it largo assumes that you know domino got this from bond which he ain't wrong she, yeah she, definitely she did. did um out as one of uh Bond's helper, so he takes her and begins to torture her with a cigar and an ice cube. <laughs> yes, that old hot classic cold torture. Classic cigar, torture. ice cube. <laughs> now, um, that all being said, during mm-hmm. this time, Bond is then rescued by your favorite, old Agent Girly Glasses himself, Felix Leiter. Um, Bond swims in on the tracking device. Exactly. Bond, Bond finds his way through the cave and ends up coming out into an open air area where you can see the sky, but he can't really climb and it's kind of a tiny little hole area. Yeah. Meanwhile, Felix is tracking him. Thank God he activated that tracker earlier on. Felix is tracking him in the helicopter and they come across him. Bond uses the last of his gadgets, pulls it out and fires the mini flare into through the hole in the cave. Felix comes, finds him and they are, rescue and bond is rescued yep um, i think this is where uh felix tells him about or bond and felix talk about the bombs and where they're at yep. you know, calling the, the reinforcements the whole the plan's Navy. being revealed everyone yep. needs to know bad shit's happening the bonds going bombs going to miami follow the disco volante it's being you know bombs being transferred using a mini sub you know all the information is re- revealed um, and then they got like all kinds of like navy ships coming after them. Oh all yeah. Of a sudden. So we cut to the mini sub that's being like stealthily being moved underwater, a bunch of other henchmen and everything surrounding it. And then all of a sudden a plane flies over and drops what I can only describe as I don't know if there's an official term term for it is paratrooping scuba divers. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Essentially that's Out exactly of the play. what they did. So they parachute down into the water and then become become magically transformed like a <laughs> gobot into scuba divers and uh, begin to attempt to intercept the mini sub. 
And oh my God, ladies and gentlemen, if I'm lying, I'm dying. The most epic underwater, underwater harpoon war ensues. The most epic war you've this seen since true. the death of Atlantis. You know, <laughs> just goes on. People are dying left and right. You've got was, people harpooned. I felt like there was more people dying that actually showed up. You know, oh, like somehow man. people died twice. Like I, Absolutely. I don't get it. Absolutely. And like you've got people being shot by harpoons. You've got these close-up knife battles where people are holding knives to mm. each other slowly underwater. Um, and it just goes back and forth like this for a few minutes. And this is where you can tell, like, a lot of the money went into this, man, because there are a lot oh, yeah. of people. I mean, it's oh, not yeah, just yeah. like dummies floating in the background. It's like everyone who's in this scene is fighting. Mm -hmm. It was like they took a Civil War reenactment and just put it underwater. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just it, yeah, everyone is moving. That's what they did. Um, it was incredible to watch and, and incredibly well filmed too. Um, the filming, like you mentioned earlier in the, in, in the episode, the underwater filming they did, they did a really, really good job with. Yes. Yeah. Um, a, a lot of these scenes were really neat how they, they put them all together. And I know like Bond gets jumped off in this fight cause he joins the fight. He joins the fight. He, he gets, going. he gets jetted in using like his little under, it's an, I'm going to call it the underwater jetpack. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause he's going right. like light speed you know, through the middle of this ground. And what does he do? Like the biggest dick move ever. Bond flies by one of the henchmen and just rips his mask off while he's yes. flying by. Rips his mask <laughs> off while he's fighting somebody else. And the, the the henchman's like, oh God, where did that come from? <laughs> you know? And there's a couple other scenes where he kind of does that too. And um, it, it just as a side note, uh, the sharks actually at one point come to join the battle as well. Mm -hmm. Which makes so sense everywhere. with all the blood in the water at this point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and all the harpoons <laughs> and stuff. Because um, I know Bond plays another trick on some henchmen. Yes. Uh, when he goes like into... Into the sunken ship, which was, yeah, which he was where... He gets rid of the bigger tank and has a smaller tank. And he goes into the sunken ship, and then like some of the guys follow him in. Mm -hmm. And then essentially he like kind of goes out the window, goes he back leaves up, using and like, drops the rebreather. a grenade down. Yep. Yeah. And then, like, drops a grenade in and, like, closes the hatch on these guys. So it's like, hey. Yep. So, um, ditches the jetpack down there and everything explodes. Right, yep. They they die. There is so much underwater murdering happening right now. It's really hard it really to keep is. up with what's going on. We got it a couple is. back and forth scenes going on. You got a couple shots of corpses. You got a shot of a man being molested by an octopus, which came out of fucking nowhere. <laughs> Did yeah, you remember true. that scene? I think I called it in the corner. I'm like, what? It was just like a half second scene of a man who's an octopus is on his face. And he's like, ah. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. You know? So, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. The sharks, like you said, are approaching during this, during this time. Um, so much throughout all the chaos and everything, the bad guys give up. You see people, you know, henchmen underwater, well, you know, the, the Franks of the world are going, yo, look, he doesn't pay me enough for this shit. All yeah. right. You, you win hands up and hands hands up not up in the air up in the water because they, they're I not think in the air largo d d splits out because i remember largo Bond straight chasing dips. after yeah, yeah largo and two other henchmen him. straight dip once they realize the the gig is up um bond chases him all the way back to the disco volante um yep which i think the the missiles and all are still on the one of them is one of them was with the submarine there's still another missile in play though that's right okay yeah um, cause doesn't the, at this point, doesn't the boat like split into like it's speed mode, like it splits in half and like, they're all on the front and like taking off. Yes. And it's, it's like yeah. super, super fast now. When Bond chases him back to the disco Volante, Bond hides out on one of the hydrofoils, which for those of you listening right. at home, if you don't know what a hydrofoil is, if you've ever seen the boats that kind of go up and ride on top of the water, 
those little skis are the hydrofoils that allow the boat to do that. So mm-hmm. Bond's literally hanging out on one of those. Um, you've got the Coast Guard, the Navy, whoever it may be. Yeah, you've got ship yeah. warfare going on here, firing at the Disco Volante. Disco Levante, Levante or Disco Volante splits, mm-hmm. splits itself into like a Batman vehicle. Um, yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and the it's, front half of it takes off like a bullet, while the back half starts firing 50 cal machine guns and stuff all the way back at the uh, the pursuing boats. Um, meanwhile, Weird Science Man, who's another henchman of of uh, number two, who's had like three lines in the movie thus, thus far and yeah, thought was going to be more important kinda... than he actually was. He just kind of like overlooks the bombs and stuff and like testing exactly. that kind of thing. Um, seems to have a change of heart and rescues Domino. Um, mm-hmm. While the boat's at full speed, Bond climbs the hydrofoils of the Disco Volante, sneaks into the helm, and the fight ensues. That's right. Meanwhile, this boat is hauling ass. It's going pretty fast. It really is. Like, when they cut to it, I know I know the footage is super sped up to give this effect, but this boat is booking it yeah and like when they look out on the um you know from the the helm of the the helm of the boat when they look out the 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 images that they put up there were just moving like jerking back and forth so quickly Mm -hmm. you really do get a pretty good sense of speed like this boat's going like mach 8 which i think is what it was supposed to be doing in the movie as far as the story goes like it was supposed to be a super super fast boat which i think is even referenced when Bond questions about the boat and like while he's yeah, at lunch, yeah. he, he says like, "Oh, that boat can go so and so fast," and the uh, Largo's like, "No, it actually can go yeah, a lot faster." Actually, it can double. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so. But anyway, you got that fight going back and forth. Bond keeps having to readjust the wheel to keep from hitting rocks. Um, mm-hmm. Finally, Largo gets the upper hand on Bond, pulls a gun on him. A little bit of a talk for a quick second, then all of a sudden, shunk, a harpoon goes through Largo's chest from behind. As he drops to the ground, you see Domino behind him. Domino took out Largo, um, killed the final boss. All of a sudden, the weird science man goes to the helm. He's like, the boat can't stop. The boat can't stop. We can't turn Uh it anymore. Bad things are happening. So last minute before hitting rocks, all three of them jump off the boat. Bond and... uh, Bond and um, Domino resurface no idea where weird science man is at, is yeah, at this you point. don't really see him after this you, you see him jump in the water and that's it they jump off the boat together he does not come up with them i don't know now the, the interesting thing though is the boat crashes into the rocks and explodes but the bomb just magically doesn't go up i don't know yeah like, you know what it's a bond movie i let yeah, it slide <laughs> yeah i did too i was kind of like, whatever <laughs> we're at the end of the movie they knew they were wrapping things up there was no time for a second bond plot Bomb plot. Bomb plots. Um, a plane flies over and drops a rescue flotation boat, little rescue thing. And um, I love this scene too because, like, they they climb in and it's like, oh, cool, the rescue, the raft. You figured that the navy w- who was chasing them the whole time would just kind of pull their boats up and pick them up out of the water, and be done with it. But instead, you know, Domino's just sitting there watching, and Bond's like pulling stuff out of the raft because mm-hmm. the raft inflates, but there's stuff in the raft, and he's pulling this red thing out, and he's you've got the nozzle, he's putting the air hose in, and he's yep. kicking on the air tanks, and Domino's just like, "What are you doing? Like, I have, wh- what are you playing with?" And he's just doing this, and this little thing's blowing up, and then what do you see it while it's you know reading the, the, across the thing while it's blowing up is when errors meet. 
Yeah. And then one of the next thing you see is this giant red rocket balloon just floating above them, going up into the Absolutely. air. Absolutely. And Bond's just like letting the, the line out, and he's like yep. clipping he onto the back of his clips to his harness and everything. Yep. And well, the best part is like he—I don't even think he has a harness on. He literally clicks it to the top of his wetsuit when you watch yeah. it. That's the best part. And she's just like looking at him. He's just kind of like nonchalantly just throwing the rope out over. Like, yeah, it's cool. And, like, he just kind of lays back and kind of puts his arm around her and kind of, like, lightly hugs her. And she's like, okay, what do you see next? Here comes the skyhook, baby. Plane flies <laughs> in. The same plane in. that dropped it over. Yeah, plane flies in, hooks the, hooks the arrow, and they are jerked from the boat and drug right up, which was a very real, the skyhook was, skyhook's not in use anymore, but that was a very no. real method. Yes, that was. they used back in the day to to get people out from behind enemy lines quickly. Yeah, and what I loved about the scene is when you watch in the uh, the raft scene, the, the stunt double of some type, I'm sure, or, or mannequin, whatever it was, when they hook it, it goes flying like super, super mm-hmm. fast, like jets out of that um, raft, right? Yeah. And then it like, cuts back to the Bond just holding the girl like nothing's happening, like, oh, la, 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 la. And yeah. just, the, you know, they got the background footage just rolling on the screen behind them. They're like, yeah. And then it cuts back and they're just across the air. ending so far to a Bond movie, though. Okay, it is. However, I did put in my notes. This is, I think, the first time where there was no sexy boat time at the end. There was no sexy they boat time. They had the raft. They had the water. They had each other. There was the opportunity for sexy time. Yep. But I will say this. Even though there was no implied sexy time at the very end of the movie, I think there was more overall sexy time in this movie throughout. Probably. probably. Than there was in any of the previous ones. So. And I I'll do like how it. they ended it on this one. Like, this was the outro, which I thought was kind of neat because they've done different types of outros where it's kind of like everything's done. We're just kind of mm-hmm. Bond's kind of because every mission, Bond seems to have that little mini vacation. And yeah. usually it ends with the mission over Bond going off to do his little mini vacation or hooking up with the girl or doing whatever. This was kind of more like, hey, the mission literally just ended and we're out of here. See? Yep. yep. <laughs> and that's how it ended. Straight ended. dipping. <laughs> Gone. So I thought it was kind of a neat outro and ending to this movie agreed agreed wholeheartedly so, so that's, that's the end the of thunderball movie. that's thunderball in a nutshell which i enjoyed i thought this was a really good movie like you said there was a lot more action it kept you going mm-hmm. to this movie from beginning to end love the underwater scenes and you could tell they just took it to a whole new level with this movie so I, I, I greatly enjoyed this movie that being said is it now trivia time? It's trivia, trivia, trivia time. Da-da-da. And yes, all of my jingles are the exact same. Don't you? I was gonna say, I'm like, I, just yeah, okay. <laughs> just just go with it. Just go with it. I only know one jingle. I just changed the words. <laughs> That's the way to do it. All right. So we had a couple trivia moments split throughout this episode that I've already talked about. So I'll skip past those. Um. Trivia time. To prevent anyone from using the Vulcan bomber mock-up, which was the plane that was underwater, for future filming, the production team blew the plane up with dynamite. The framework that remained, that was left behind, has since become a coral reef Hmm. in the Bahamas. That's actually kind of cool. I kind of... Not that I would do much underwater diving, but kind of would love to go see that. Yeah, they do a lot of things like that, like like old vehicles and stuff. Apparently, like because the rusting rusting metal, mm-hmm. coral light 
really like attaching themselves to. So like old rusty frameworks and stuff work well to begin coral reefs. And eventually whenever that metal corrodes, all that's left is the coral. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, let's see here. The girl with whom Sir Sean Connery was dancing with at the Kiss Kiss bar. Yes. Um, when Bond was escaping, also appears in the 2006 Casino Royale. She is playing really? poker with Daniel Craig. It's the same actress. Just that is years later. We will have to jot that note down and come back to that. Later. Absolutely. That's actually kind of cool. I thought that was pretty neat as well. Yeah. Um, in keeping with her namesake, Domino's clothes, much like Goldfinger in the last movies, are always in theme. Domino is always wearing black and white. She's never seen wearing anything else. Yeah, I never picked up on that, but that, that's mm-hmm. kind of cool, too. I like how they do that little things. Yep, there's little nods. Mm-hmm. Um, this is the first 007 movie in which James Bond does not smoke. Every movie before this, he lit up a cigarette or two during it. Which, thinking about it now, yeah. I, I didn't yeah. notice it while watching the movie. I, yeah, I didn't either until you just pointed that out. I've mm-hmm. never thought about that. Um, main title designer. This is why I think we see... The, I think this movie is important because we start seeing progression from here with the intro sequences. Mm-hmm. The main title designer, designer Maurice Binder, returned to the franchise to design this sequence. He was absent from From Russia With Love and Goldfinger. Um, he des- designed the opening titles for Dr. No... This movie and every single Bond movie until his until License to Kill in 1989. Interesting. So basically, the Bond intro as we know it is from this man, and he and he does he every Bond movie. Yeah, um, from cool. here on. Uh, members of the cast and crew were interviewed several times about this movie while it was being shot due to the immense popularity of the Bond film franchise. Um, Sir Sean Connery, however, only consented to one interview, and it was with Playboy magazine. <laughs> really? Was it? <laughs> That's Which great. only goes to show that Sean Connery is actually James Bond. <laughs> That's true. That is very true. Because if James Bond was going to interview with one magazine, it would be Playboy in the 60s. That, yeah, yeah, that makes more sense. Um, it's, that's definitely true there on that one. <laughs> that's great. Um, I already mentioned the U.S. audiences got two Bond movies this during this year, January 1965 with Goldfinger and December 1965 with this one. Um, Sir Alfred Hitchcock was briefly considered as director of this film. How weird would that have been? That would have been interesting. I would have watched it. It would have been interesting. <laughs> a Hitchcockian Bond. Yeah, it would have been interesting. Not saying yeah. I don't want to see it, but it'd be interesting. Um, when told he would be inside a swimming pool with real sharks, Sir Sean Connery's response was, not bloody likely. <laughs> <laughs> That's nope. awesome. Hard no. Um and that is it for trivia time. Not too much, but some, some, some decent fun ones here. A lot of ones that tie into previous and future movies. So I'm sure we'll revisit some of this trivia time in the future. That's awesome. All right. So that being said, this is now what? Movie number four. We get to um, our list. 
We have best yes. movie list, and we have villain list now. So, let's start off with villain list. I'm going to have to say, number two is probably one of the better well, villains. Let's, let's, re- let's recap for the audience. You've got the villain okay, list. Okay. Where are we at now? Okay, so before getting into this movie, we have Goldfinger and Ajab is one. Mm-hmm. Spectre General and Red from uh, Russia with Love for number two. number two. And Dr. No's at the bottom of the list. Yes. With three. Now, bringing in um, Largo, or number two from Spectre, uh-huh. I'm going to put them up there on that list. I liked, if we're going to do the combo pack too, I like Argo and I liked the red head red head specter agent <laughs> red yeah, lady woman. specter agent whatever her name was because i can't remember what they, her actual name was in the movie i like their combo i still think goldfinger and odd job were the better combo and i like mm-hmm. them still up there number two would be a, a very hard shot for first place so i'm definitely putting them at number two i still like the odd job goldfinger combo up top yeah. but i love the dynamic duo between um, Largo and Bond through this movie. Like I, like, I, I just, I yeah. loved it. I like you. I like you keeping Goldfinger and Oddjob at number one because they are, they were together throughout the movie. Whereas there was yes. no reference that Largo and the redheaded woman they were never in the same scene together. No, they were just, they just pretty much were each other's backup essentially. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I would have to put them at number two, like a hard number two, just because. So you're placing. Uh, as much as I, Number two at number two. Yeah. As much as I still like the Spectre General and Red from from Russia with Love, I just, I feel that Red was a great anti-Bond, but the dynamic duo between Bond and Largo in this movie puts him above Red. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think that's a fair, I think that's a fair assessment of Bond villains. Yeah. So before we get into the overall ranking, that has our final Villain list at what? Repeat it one more time, Jordan. Uh, that is number one, Goldfinger and Oddjob. Yep. Uh, number two, Largo and Red-haired. I would say number two would be would be number two. <laughs> yeah, just number two is number two. Um, For the sake of the argument, number two is number two. <laughs> number three then would be the Spectre General and Red from from Russia with Love. Yep. And then bringing up the end again, number four is Doctor No. Heard, heard. So with that, do you want to go over the um, Bond ranking list? The final, or well, not the final. (laughs) (laughs) The final, were there already? The final ranking for the Bond movies, ending at Thunderball. (laughs) (laughs) We skipped the other 20. Exactly, no point there. We currently have number one from Russia with Love. Yep. Number two, Goldfinger. Mm -hmm. And number three, Dr. No. So, Jordan, final thoughts on Thunderball and where you feel it should rank Number two on our definitive list of Number Bond two. Review. I like Thunderball. It was a great movie. I can easily see how it's becoming the classic Bond movie that we remember from our younger days, childhood, whatever you want to call it. However, that being said, I still like From Russia With Love because it was that more of a... Um, it felt more of a spy movie and not as a James Bond movie. Uh, I just, the way it was done, I still would put from Russia with love as number one. And then I would put Thunderball at number two and then just drop the list down and drop it down from there. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I would just take your current list, throw Thunderball at number two, and just move the rest down. I'd still have uh, Goldfinger is three instead of two, and Doctor No Still four. Gotcha. Um, I would agree with that, good sir. So, I for me, um, Thunderball. I think the name of the movie I don't think is nearly as iconic as the other three. You know, I don't either. Nor did I even think it was fitting for this movie other than it was the name yeah it was the name of the operation Operation or something like that um but i don't even think it was a fitting name for the movie at all they could have called it something completely different yeah and probably even better Um, but no i i agree with you man thunderball i really enjoyed this was probably the most fun ride i think i've had in a bond movie i think i mentioned it at the beginning of the episode um that this movie even though being the longer Mm -hmm. of the of the ones we've watched so far moves at such a quick pace you know, it's just scene to scene to scene. The action sequences are so well done. And the underwater stuff is is honestly refreshing. I mean, those scenes, like, with the epic underwater battle at the end, I mean, there's no audio. Nobody's talking. You don't hear any grunts or anything. It's all just underwater sounds. Yep. And it's done, yeah. Yep. It's all a choreography. Yeah, and it's so and incredibly well done. I really enjoyed it. Um, so while the title of the movie is not nearly as iconic as From Russia with Love, Goldfinger, or Dr. No, um, the movie itself, I think, is up there as well. So I agree. I think our definitive list for Bo- Friday Films Bond and Review is now From Russia with Love, number one, Thunderball, number two, Goldfinger, number three, and Dr. No, number four. So that will be the definitive list yep. until next week. When we watch... You only live twice. Not not once. Right. Not three times. Twice. <laughs> but twice. <laughs> so that is, that is it. That is Thunderball for this week's review. Um, you've heard our ranking. We would love to hear what you think as far as ranking and, and thoughts on the movie and villain list. Um, so with that, Eric, do you want to take over and do the Absolutely. outro like normal? So ladies and gentlemen, once again, if you liked what you heard on James Bond interview, if you like our thoughts on implied sexy time in every single movie <laughs> in every movie to come, whether it's there or not, I'll find a hole to, to, to put it in. Take that how you will. <laughs> Let us know. Let us know what your favorite Bond movie is. Let us know what your favorite villain list is. Um, to give it, to let us know this information, you can follow us at any social media: Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Who Do Presents. That is the best way to go a hold of us. Best way to share your list with us. Best way to rank your your top Bond sexy time moment, moments like I have in my head. Not an official. Not an official I list was because if it was I an was official list. We would get flagged for pornography on this many. podcast. <laughs> but in my head, there is always a Bond sexy time ranking list. All right. So with all that, we hope you enjoy Thunderball. We'll see you guys hopefully next week with... Uh, you Only Live Twice. You Only Live Twice, right? Mm-hmm. That's, okay, make sure I get the right ones because I'm going to get them mixed up with the other ones. Um, once again, this is Eric and Jordan. And until next time, let the credits roll.